think their grants succeed and I'm thrilled to introduce Chantelle Gerardy. Due to marriage, having kids, moving suburbs and countries, Chantelle had to start and stop her business repeatedly. Each time, no clients, a new target market with no marketing budget. Over the past 18 years, Chantelle has learned the hard way what not to do. And over the past three years, she's really learned how to help professionals save money and save time by transforming their business through using the free opportunities that Facebook offers. Hello there, Chantelle. Good morning. Great to have you with us. I just found out you're up on the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's very, very lucky to be up here on the Gold Coast. Oh, how beautiful. So, Chantelle, tell us a bit about yourself. And uh, were you always in Facebook marketing? No, definitely not. Um, in fact, I don't like spending time on Facebook at all. Oh, <laughs> I'm really? Actually, <laughs> I'm actually quite hyperactive and I'm quite outdoorsy and I'm not techie at all. Um, and you'll hear a mixture of my accent because I am originally from South Africa. So um, I moved from South Africa 11 years ago to the Gold Coast and didn't know anybody. Um, and after my husband was made redundant twice in the first couple of years, I taught myself Facebook and grew my business. Um, and I did that by making a lot of mistakes along the way and being very stressed and frustrated. But I now have the absolute pleasure of being able to help business owners uh, be able to use the free capabilities of Facebook without having to spend their time and money on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there'll be a lot of people wanting to hear how you do that. And let's get started on our questions. So our topic for Think Bigger, Grow and Succeed is moving forward after disruption this year, because of course, uh, we're right in the midst of a pandemic uh, globally. So, uh, but it takes a bit of uh, changing uh, our lifestyle with what's going on. So our first question is, what are the pros and cons of staying in your comfort zone? <laughs> From someone who has had multiple discomforts in their business <laughs> over the years, um, having moved uh, countries and then also when I lived in South Africa, I moved states and had to set up a business somewhere else. I uh, fell pregnant with twins uh, after being married for only a month. So I, <laughs> I kind of, um, my, my advice to everyone is to get used to the roller coaster ride of life because the more you ride that, you know, ride that roller coaster, every time you go up and down, it's going to be less of a scream. Um, <laughs> and you'll get to start to roll with, with it and start to enjoy a little bit more and start to recognize that that's part of growth. So um, being uncomfortable is, uh, is part of growth. And if you are stagnant and you're staying where you are, then you are comfortable. But to take your business or to take any aspect of your life to the next level, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to mean change and it's going to mean being stretched. Um, so my advice is to get, you know, get comfortable with that roller coaster ride. <laughs> And uh, there's, a, there's an element of striving for, for more, isn't there? Yes, you can't be complacent. I mean, look, to tell you the truth, everyone's at different stages and I completely acknowledge that. Some people are quite happy where they are right now, but there are many people out there who do want to achieve more. And if you want to achieve more, it's going to take 
Um, it's going to take perseverance. It's going to take drive. It's going to take change. Um, and all of those things are a little bit uncomfortable. And guess what? We, you may not get it right the first time. Um, and you may have to pivot, adapt, change a little bit more to suit the, to suit the market and to suit what, what suits you. Because I believe the business owner must also enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. And tell us uh, about how you've applied that to your fitness business and also your your Facebook strategy business. Yeah. So um, off, off, uh, off the radio earlier, we were talking about how originally I was in the fitness industry for 20 years, having managed and owned uh, fit, fitness centres in South Africa and on the Gold Coast. Uh, then having to uh, grow those businesses when you don't know anybody and nobody knows you. Um, and it is challenging and you do have to try find a way to differentiate yourself from, from everyone else, to stand out and to build relationships with people. So social media is pretty cool like that because it's not, you don't, you shouldn't be really salesy. It should be social, um, but there is etiquette and there is a way to do that strategically to actually get uh, paying customers and to not be spammy or off-putting to people. Um, but when I transitioned from my fitness business into my Facebook business, um, I came up with a lot of objections from people saying, you know, that is what you know, that's who you've always been, how, how now can you be this other thing? Um, and, you know, obviously your self-talk, your self-belief, you start to think, well, you know, can I really do this? Um, but the reality was I was already doing it and everyone was asking me how I had done it in my own business and they were genuinely needing help because they had no, no marketing budget, no startup capital. So what I realized is, is that, you know, when you pivot and you change, you are going to be faced with objections. You have to be able to handle those objections. Um, and then you just got to make sure that you get really good at what it is that you're doing and you can show that to people when you do transition and pivot. And stick with it. Don't change. A lot of people give up too easily. And when it doesn't work the first time, uh, you know, they throw their hands up in the air and cry for days. And I did have those days too. However, in business, we, the best thing to do is actually to dig your heels in and rather invest in your own knowledge and education to do it better and tweak things rather than completely, um, completely giving it up or completely changing, but rather reviewing and seeing how you can move forward more effectively. Yeah, and that means that you've got to have some resilience. Yes, you do have to uh, work on strengthening your res resilience and, you know, obviously with some personal development as well, that can really help. Like I said, I did come, a, come up against quite a lot of objection when I moved from the one industry to the other. Um, and then that self-doubt sets in. So you do really have to strengthen, you know, how you feel about yourself and, 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 and validate yourself and, and, Focus on the greater good and really the difference that you're making to other people because it's not about your ego. It's about what you can do to help somebody else. Oh, that's great advice. Chantal, uh, with all your experience uh, uh, and clearly you, you understand the comfort zone, what are your recommendations for thinking bigger about your goals and aspirations? Um, I think it's important for business owners not to put too much pressure on themselves. Sometimes they think too far ahead or too far away. Um, when I first started out um, thinking that I was going to move into the coaching space, I was going to be, um, I think it was uh, a business in a box that I was going to create for personal trainers when I first started. And then it, it evolved over about two or three years and became this Facebook strategy business. So I could never have foreseen or predicted it. But I think that business owners should just be moving forward. 
So invest in yourself and your ability to do things better. If you're going to use systems and that within your business, you really do have to familiarize yourself with them. And then don't set big goals that are so ginormous that you're, it's going to actually stop you from taking any action at all. Rather focus on the next best thing in front of you that's going to help you get closer to making money and just follow that one thing and, and, get, and perfect it till it works rather than trying a million different things. Yeah, because uh, uh, being an expert in one area, it really helps. Just keep, keep doing it, whatever you want to be an yeah. expert in. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's important. Um, everyone wants to be sort of good at everything or be a generalist. And, 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 and I think sometimes it comes from a scarcity point of view where people just want to you know, jump in. And, but even, for example, like with virtual assistants, there's virtual assistants who are specialists in the graphic design field. There are virtual assistants in the software field. There are virtual assistants that are more like personal assistants. There are virtual assistants that are more social media experts. So it's better for people to differentiate or to identify what it is that they do differently and bring that to the surface and the forefront because you can become the expert in that. You'll become known in that and then you'll be sought after for that thing. And that can obviously help you a lot when you're on Facebook as well so that you stand out from the noise and you don't just become fluffy. Yes, yeah. Well, let's uh, go on to our next question, which is what happens when one goes out of their comfort zone and tests new approaches? You have to get ready to fail. <laughs> um, I was mentioned to you a bit earlier that um, you know, I'm 44 years old and during COVID I, I've been learning how to surf, which is basically be towed behind a boat um, on a surfboard um, and I, I don't surf. So um, I've never been behind a boat and I don't surf and now this is what I'm doing. So how many times did I fall? Let's be honest. <laughs> how sore was I for the next couple of days afterwards? I um, mean, if only I could show you some of the footage. Um, but the lesson in that is that all new things are going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be challenging. You're going to fail. You're not going to get it right the first time. You're going to get frustrated. However, nowadays, there's so many resources out there. There's YouTube videos. You can Google anything. You can jump on my website. There's heaps of valuable information there for free. Um, and you can actually learn how to do things better. So start with one thing, get better at it, and then slowly just keep evolving with it. Because the mistake making or, or people want to describe it as failing is part of the learning process. Yeah, so you do have to be able to have, you know, just be kind to yourself about that, like accept that, that that is what is going to happen. Once we accept that, we can almost see it coming and we can go, okay, I'm getting knocked down again. That's okay. This is part of the process. What can I do next? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas a lot of people will abandon ship or they'll outsource it. Um, so we often find that people will outsource or they'll rebrand. And if you outsource too early in your business, you're never going to make money. Uh, and if you don't know how to manage to the, the jobs that you're giving to the people to outsource, you can open yourself to be taken advantage of. Um, and the other one is the rebrand. We see everyone going, I'm just going to rebrand, I'm just going to rebrand, rather than sticking with what it is, because success is just on the other side. Yes. yes. Oh, that's such great advice. Okay, so the next question is about goal setting and what's the best way to achieve our goals? Um, I, quite, I use a process with my clients and I use it with myself and it's called brain dumping. And I basically get a big whiteboard and I put me in the middle, a little picture of me, and then I just do this massive spider graph of all the income opportunities that I might have. So for example, one-on-one -on -one sessions, online sessions, group sessions, workshops, events, 
And I go and I basically brain dump all these different elements out. And then what I do is I focus on each one of those things and go, right, if it's one-to-one coaching, what would that be? Who would it be for? Um, How much would I charge? What would be a good offer? And I go and I then um, expand, do a brain dump for each of those other income opportunities. And that's a process that I find works really well. It's much, it works better for me than goal setting. Um, But at the end of it, the ultimate goal is to be able to get more get more clients and grow your business and create more opportunities. Um, so it has to amount to money at the end, not just being visible, not just to making more friends, but actually being able to get paying customers. Yes. Yeah. And there's an element or there's a big element actually of creativity in that you get to use both sides of your brain. Yeah, and look, it is difficult and challenging for some people. And I say wine sometimes helps <laughs> when you're doing a brain dump. And you do need to have a, a, a lot of space and no interruptions. And you've got to be in, in a creative mood that day. Yeah. Or alternatively, you really should be working with a coach because they actually extract all of that out, out of you. And they're able to, to see things inside yourself and inside your business that you potentially are overlooking or not seeing at all. Yes, yeah, because sometimes you, you, you sort of can't get out of your own way in a way. <laughs> People are emotionally attached to what they do, you know, for, for every good reason and right, you know, because they're passionate about what they do. But with that emotional connection, sometimes they can't see outside of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to use the example of um, my partner and I. So I've got my three daughters um, and my partner, he's got, he's got no children. So, you know, when I'm dealing with the children, I come from the sense of being a mother and you've got all this guilt and this whatever else, or sometimes you're too hard. Um, But then he comes and he's got no children and he's not emotionally attached to the kids. So he can give a really good view on how it's looking from an outsider's perspective on the side of the children and from the side of me. Um, and, And I like to use that analogy because I think it works well that when you're working with a coach, that's what they can do. They can come in from an unemotional point of view and they can find the goodness that, you, that you're not seeing within what it is that you're offering. And then they can help you develop a clear plan on how to achieve success yeah. without being stressed and overwhelmed. Yes. And, and the, the coach brings along experience and, uh, and uh, not as much emotion to the process. Yeah, definitely. They're just looking at it with a fresh sense of eyes. And um, often it takes... You know, a, a couple of hours working with a client. Normally, it's about two to three hours of working with a client. And this is why when people say, do you do one-on-one? It's like, how can I see your whole business and you in one hour? Like, there's no way. Um, but it takes a couple of hours to develop that relationship with them and then really dig deep inside and find something that's special and unique. And not only that, but it's going to work on Facebook because not everything works on Facebook. Sometimes it needs to be tweaked or it needs to be repositioned or it's got to be just done in a different way that's going to be accepted on Facebook so that people will actually buy it. We do have the theme of disruption. So what's the best way to handle disruption? And what does disruption bring to business? Disruption is completely a normal thing. Like I said, we've got to get used to it. It's kind of like disruption if your car suddenly breaks down on the side of the road or disruption with your children when they, you know, when they throw a tantrum or um, it's a part of life. And I've just decided that I'm going to develop this big shield around me to protect myself from that disruption. Um, Not protect it, but be able to handle it when it comes. But for me, as I said, it's really about um, firstly empowering yourself. There is help everywhere. So if you're struggling 
in something, there are experts in that field everywhere. So rather than struggle alone, go and get, go and get help, get support, get uh, to help you through what it is that you're going through uh, in your business. Um, and some people are happy. They're complacent. They're really happy, to, you know, just tottering along and, and, and that's okay. But there are many people out there who put a lot of pressure on themselves to, and they've got really high standards and they want to achieve a lot. Um, and those are the people there. They actually work best with coaches anyway. Um, to be able to get them to that next level. Yes, yeah. So does, uh, does the disruption actually help business, do you think? Or, I mean, it's not at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, look, it, uh, with COVID, it actually, disruption, it has helped. Um, I'll give you some examples. I was working with a photographer uh, who does product photography in Melbourne. And when COVID hit, um, it was going to cost her clients too much to send all their posts, all their products to her, take the photos to then send the products back and give them the photos back and then of course she had COVID practices as well so all we did was change her offer um, and now what she does is she teaches product-based business owners how to take their own photos of their products at home so that they don't have to post it so that they can learn how to use their phones and how to take uh, photos of their own products and now she charges for that so that's an added service that she can do online so, you know, that's an, a, a disruption, yeah. uh, but it's led to an adaptation now, which has added to uh, her, her programs, added to her offers. Um, and for myself, you know, I've been particularly busy. My partner, he's got two bicycle shops and they have been exceptionally busy. Um, yes. You know, they, they were disrupted, but they had to then change their business model to have a drive-through so that they could uh, drive through, drop off bikes and pick them back up again. So we had to, um, I remember us getting up at like five o'clock in the morning and lying in bed going, okay, what are we doing now? New COVID rules. What are we doing this week now to, to let everybody know on Facebook that we still are open and it's still within guidelines. So, um, yeah, we just got to roll with it um, and get help. Now, Chantal, uh, we've spoken about disruption. And during this time and always really, how important is it to keep connected and building those connections um, great question. Um, I've had a lot of people message me about, you know, especially in the travel industry going, you know, travel right now is not really booming. So, you know, we've been told that, oh, we shouldn't be posting on our social media platforms. Um, and actually, you do need to be because people are going to want to travel. So firstly, people can travel, but they can travel like in their states and our borders are open so they can travel interstate. But we need to be reassuring the community, you know, through Facebook, reassuring our, our prospects, our clients, our customers, um, reassure them about what is allowed right now and let them know what the next steps are or the next offer is. So it's a continual process. And I just, you know, sometimes we take it for granted, but relationships, we don't leave someone hanging. You don't mid-set, you know, mid-communication, just suddenly stop talking and come back later on. You know, no. that's not how relationships are made. No. Um, and that's not how business is done on social media either. So it is important to go on and just, if there, you know, is a disruption right now with COVID, go on and just let everyone know that you care. I, I think the first, one of the first lives I did on my Facebook page, I went on and I just asked how everybody was. And I said, please connect with your family, with your friends, check if they're okay, you know, um, Look after yourself, check your finances, make sure everything's in order. So I didn't go on to talk about how they must use my services or change their offer. The first thing was, I care about you. 
um, and, and how can I support you and just reach out if you need toilet paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have beaten that deluge with people. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, and that's what it is. It's about continually checking in and people see social media as a, this horrible beast or this horrible thing to have to do. But I love it because you are talking to your fans. You are talking to your community and you are building those relationships and, and they should be genuine. You should genuinely care about those people and genuinely care about offering them a solution to their problems. And then it's not selling, it's servicing. Um, and it comes in a genuine and authentic, meaningful way. And, and people want to work with you then. Yes, yes. It's helping people with the, some, something that they're, they're struggling with. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, the next question is very broad, but what do businesses need to do to adjust and move forward now? Uh, things have changed a couple of times. And again, this is just from my perspective and what I've seen with the businesses that I work with in Australia. Um, during COVID, there was a massive shift. Um, there were a couple phases. In the beginning, there was that fearful phase where nobody was spending money. And uh, well, actually, I think everybody ignored first. Then there was the fearful stage. Then everybody came in and they started to sort of protect themselves. Then everyone got into that relaxed phase where, um, you know, they're either tucked into their superannuation or they were getting benefits or they were getting grants. So they were able to spend money and they actually had the time right now. What we've been finding is that if work is down right now, like if you've gone from five days to only three days work, um, or if you are unemployed right now and you don't have any work at all, now is the time to really be investing in your ability to do things because you have the time to do it. Because when you go back to work, what's going to happen? You're not going to have the time to, to go and learn the things that you wanted to learn. So what we are finding is that a lot of people are stepping up they're taking some of that Centrelink money they're getting or they're taking some of the grant or they're taking the grant money or they're taking um, or even some of the companies are actually investing in their um, employees to actually do additional learning. Um, and they're using this time to learn how to do things better so that when we go back to the new norm, because it's not going to be an old norm, um, it'll be a new norm. And when we go back to that new normal, people are going to be skilled or they would have upskilled. They would have used this time sensibly. And when people are looking for jobs, those who now have upskilled and have taken action and used this time responsibly are more likely the ones who are actually going to get, um, to get jobs because there's obviously going to be a job shortage. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes a, it takes quite a lot of uh, strength or, or lack of emotion to actually get get yourself into that process. Yeah, and uh, you know, I completely acknowledge that that it is and it is a emotional roller coaster ride, and um, I did it as well. And many of the um, you know we call influencers, but many of the influencers out there. Um, went on the same journey, the fearful, the crying. We all lost our events. I was doing a, a statewide tour and it got literally cancelled um, when it happened. So um, we all did it. We all cried. I, I call it the COVID cry. We all had a COVID cry. Um, but then I always say, you put on your big girl panties and then you work out how you're going to co-vive. Um, so surviving and COVID, I created co-viving. Yeah. And it's about how with community, how with collaborations, um, how with connections, how are we actually going to provide and come out the other side of um, COVID? Fantastic. What wonderful advice. 
Uh, our last question is around business models and how they're designed and, and do we need to change them during this time of disruption? Uh, yes, definitely. We have to uh, know who we're working with um, and our audience has changed. As I said, it changed during COVID. It's changed again as we're coming out of COVID. Um, so we can't continually be using the same sort of language or the same um, pitches or the same... We just have to change the way that we communicate to our online audience if they are changing. If they are experiencing different things right now, we have to acknowledge those feelings and we have to connect with them at the level that they're at, which means usually that our offers must change. Um, so, you know, during, during COVID, um, I did a lot more, obviously, online workshops, but I did a lot on helping people to change their offer because their offer wouldn't suit. Like I, like I said, for example, with the product photographer, that she couldn't offer product photography anymore. It would have been too hard if she kept going on and doing that. So I helped to come up with a new offer to a new market. So it was a new desirable offer to somebody who actually wanted it. Um, and so I had to adapt like that to come up with new solutions. I had to work with business coaches who were doing in-person meetings, help them then take it online and be able to advertise it online for free without spending any money on ads. And I had to teach them how to do that, teach them how to do webinars um, and sales webinars um, and adapt with the time. So we have to continually be interested in who we're selling to. And if that changes, if that changes due to COVID or due to seasonal change, due to it being school holidays, if that all changes, well, then we need to change. We need to have a look at... Um, and how are we going to adapt our offer? How are we going to talk to those people? Where are we going to find them? Um, and, and yeah, and, and go with them. And that's a more authentic way of doing business. It's a more genuine and caring way of, um, of working in business. Yes, that's great advice. And, and we really need to focus in on how we, how we can move forward without, uh, uh, without taking on all the, all the, difficult parts and just try and make some positive moves forward. Yes, definitely. Uh, we have to acknowledge what's working or what's not working. And as business owners, we continually need to be reviewing what we do, you know, review what is working, what is not working. Um, and that's going to change. So, you know, I do it weekly in my business where I review every aspect of my business and I see what's working, what's not working. And I consider why, and then I make small changes to, to adapt, to move forward. Um, and in business, we have, to, we have to do that. And it's a yucky thing. People don't like to do it. <laughs> and I don't like to do it. But, you know, I've gotten quite quick at it now because I don't like to do it. So I just want to skim read the important parts and, and, um, and go, right, that's working. That's not working. What can we do next? Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it needs to be fun, though, too. Yeah. And that's where the, you hear about the word agile comes in. So you've got to be agile and, and make changes uh, fairly quickly now. Uh, yes, you do. Um, not, we've also just got to be a little bit careful that with social media, we don't do it too drastically. As I said, when people go and they rebrand, they think that that's going to help their business. Sometimes going in and completely rebranding and going, well, from here to there, people go, whoa, what's going on? Um, and there's that distrust. It's almost like they've now got to build a whole new level of trust. So sometimes it just needs to be done a little more subtly uh, when we transition into new things so that, and just explain, you know, to your online audience what's happening. Um, don't expect them to just 
suddenly one day see you as this and then suddenly accept it as that. Tell them your story. Stories work incredibly well. You know, um, with Mel, who was the product photographer, who is the product photographer, she just told the story right now. I can help you. This is what I can do because you can't do that. And it made sense, um, which is rather better doing it that way and telling your story so that it's more authentic and genuine than just suddenly transitioning or changing and then freaking out your online audience and they're going, what? What's going on now? Can't keep up with her. Oh, Chantelle, that's such great advice. Just to finish, would you like to describe your business and how you help your clients? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I am now an award-winning Facebook strategist. So I did things backwards and did go and get my qualifications. Um, but I'm really passionate about helping business owners who've got no startup capital or no marketing budget uh, learn how to use Facebook effectively to do four things. Uh, get more customers, grow their business, uh, create more income-producing opportunities, and actually get ready for Facebook advertising. Because if they don't get ready for Facebook ads, it just won't work. Um, so I'm incredibly passionate about helping business owners like that. We do it obviously online. We've got online programs, but I'm very passionate about my one-to-one -one programs because I understand that business owners, a little bit old school like me, they need a bit of hand-holding. They need a bit of accountability and support, and they actually want to work one-on-one -on -one with a coach um, at a decent sort of affordable rate. So you can connect with me on my website, which is uh, www.chantelgerardi.com.au. And if you subscribe, we send you a whole bunch of free information on Facebook uh, and what's working right now. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Chantelle, for being with us today. Thank you so much.